Well, good morning to all of you. Um, good to see you. Uh, I know I've heard there's so many new people since I was here last year. And so welcome to our Savior's Church. I'm so glad you're here. Um, if you battle to understand me, I don't know how many of you watch Mr. Bean. Okay, I'm close to Mr. Bean. Okay, that's, that's sort of... Uh, we will have some text in the background and ex- can explain some of the things I'm saying. But we're going to have a, such a good time. I'm so honored to be around Miss Tracy and missing my, my brother from another mother, Pastor Baba. We just miss each other. Uh, I, I drove past Lafayette Airport while he was in the air. So, um, but so thankful to be here this year again. My son, Julia, my oldest son, just showed a picture of our family. Thank you so much. Um, uh, my oldest son, Julian, is studying at R. Roberts University. He turned 21 last week. And uh, so I brought his mom with me and said, you need to come with me. Your son is um, turning 21. We just celebrated with him. He said he had college weekend. It was one of his most busiest weekends ever in a year. And he said, Dad, I'm so glad you're here, but it's a very busy weekend. I said, son... You know, 21 years ago, we didn't know it's going to be college weekend for you. <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry. You just turned on 21 on, on your very most busy weekend in the year. But congratulations. So um, what a joy just to be, um, be around you, being in Jennings. Jennings is my home church. Uh, I know the address. Uh, sometimes I forget the postal code, the zip code. But 1830 South Lake Arthur Road, Jennings 70546. That's it. So uh, uh, I know it. I have to fill it in many times when I come and visit. Uh, What a joy to be here. I'm just so sad that, you know, every year I come and and I give an open invitation for you to come, like Dwayne and just just, uh, just all of you just to come. and, And then I don't see you. I think it's very rude not, <laughs> not to come. I know Pastor Baba is coming at beginning of June, and he's planning to bring a few people with him to come on a mission. And uh, you are invited. We will feed you. We'll look well after you. We won't feed you to the lions. <laughs> we'll let the lions play with you. You will have lots of fun there. But um, just want to show you, we have... Such miracles. Show the next picture of the campus ministry. We have seven sites or campuses, and our campus ministry is growing. We had two weeks ago over a thousand students, uh, college students, at our service. Now, right now in South Africa, we have a lot of turmoil and violence on our university campuses. And uh, there's a lot of tension, a lot of corruption in our government. Uh, it sometimes feels like corruption is a, is a sport. In South Africa, that you can get colors for. Um, it's really a national sport for some of our government officials. But so we have most of our campuses are burning. There's, there's things, violence, and they are closed. And uh, two, three weeks ago, we just felt compelled by the Holy Spirit to have a worship service on campus. We are one of the few ministries in our city that are multicultural, multi generational, multi uh, races. And uh, and we had a service, and God just showed up. Over a thousand students attended, and we just saw people from all different people groups coming together. Uh, we hadn't had the same violence that they had on other campuses. 
And we're thankful for that. We're praying for the peace of God that what we are seeing in our campus will spill over to other campuses. And thank you so much for partnering with us, for standing in faith with us, sowing into our ministry. We are so thankful for that. Thank you. What you are doing, you're allowing us to continue what we are doing in Africa. I, um, I love America. I really love to come here. And uh, sometimes I thought, wouldn't it be better if I can stay here? And uh, we were driving the other day, I think my wife and myself, through Lake Charles. And while driving, I said, you know what? I really like to be here, but um, I know I'm called to be in South Africa. Uh, I, so as long as you want me to come once a year, I, I'm thankful to be here. But uh, I know I'm called to stay in that country. So just the last thing on, on, on testimonies, this last two weeks we had while we were in the States, we just saw so many creative miracles. Uh, I was at the church in Lafayette on Wednesday night, and uh, we saw somebody who couldn't move with their knees uh, had uh, needed reconstruction and operation. We prayed over that person, and, and God just showed up in the first service. Uh, Sabrina helped me to pray for a lady, and she was she, she had a real she hurt her knee this week, and uh, while you laid your hands on her, you felt there was movement. There was creative miracle happening right there and we're just going to trust god end of the service to pray for you that god will show up and pain will leave and his healing will come i even pray as i minister that if you have headaches neck pain back pain as i minister that that pain will go so here's what you can do is if you can test t-e-s-t test how much pain you have right now and you can 10 meaning a lot one not so much you can test it. At the end of the service, we can retest it. Is that fine? Great. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you, Lord. Your word cannot return void, but it must accomplish what it's sent forth to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. At the end of the service, I've got a few of my books available. If you haven't got it or your friends doesn't have it, it's a great way of getting uh, what we are sharing, what I'm going to share today, a part of a testimony out of that is out of this book, chapter 8. Um, and so I really want to encourage you to get one of these books. It's only $15. And uh, uh, it is filled with testimonies of, of, of life-changing events in people's lives. It's filled with a lot of good words. And it makes a good gift, but it's also a good, good read. Um, so praise God for that. So... I see my I see my daughter's trying to FaceTime me, but I'm not gonna. Um, she is still in South Africa. Dad, are you close to your phone? Um, can I just text her and say I'm just preaching? Okay. Uh, someone let her know. Can you wave for her? I'm just going to take a picture. Just uh, some of you are not smiling. That's not very kind. You need to smile. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to send a picture that's that. Well, isn't it fantastic? You can be in South Africa in a moment like this. You don't have to pay for a flight. You're here in a moment. Okay, great. Take your notes out and turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. I believe what I have for you. A few weeks ago, I was praying about this time. I was thinking to come and minister about certain things. And God just dropped this in my spirit. Um, I was in another city ministering to people. And I just felt like... God just spoke to me to drop this and give this to you as a tool. Now, if you serve God for a short period of time, you're a brand new Christian, 
or you might know Jesus for quite a long time, I believe this is going to be applicable on wherever you are in your journey with Jesus Christ. And I'm going to teach you today a prayer that I, I want to challenge you for the next 30 days to pray this prayer over, over yourself or pray it over your loved one. And pray it, it takes a few minutes, but just pray it over them and see how things are going to change your life. I, I know we're going to see a lot of miracles happening in your lives. So Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15. I'm reading um, the ESV translation. It says, starts with this. For this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Miss Tracy says uh, she has seen faith and her, her, how we challenge her to grow in faith and for her and Pastor Baba. But they, they are they're phenomenal. When I see Pastor Josh spend some time with him yesterday and him and Miss Lindsay, and what they went through and what they are going through, just the faith level what they are at. I mean, it's such a great people to be around. They've, they're positive in the midst of a lot of challenges, positive to see God's way and will to come into this place. And, and when I think about you, I thank God for you. I am so thankful what God is doing in your lives. When I walked in that amazing men's bathroom, restroom, um, uh, it's, just, it's just phenomenal. And so while we have a little bit, a few minutes more, I just felt like in the Spirit of God just compelled my heart. And don't, don't feel you need to do anything about it except just... Allow God to work through your life. I just felt what you have right now in this building is going to be, um, it's going to grow in such a way you can have your next two buildings very quick from now uh, in a short period of time paid for. Um, and so uh, I just want to say, those of you who are part of planning, I just see a new auditorium coming in. Um, not because it's luxurious just because you're going to grow so much. Um, God is just doing so much great things in the midst of you. So I thank God. Now, to thank God, and that's the first point today, opens a door. Thanksgiving opens a door. When I start to say thank you to the Lord, it opens a door. When I visit people, I think it's kind and, and good when you, when you go to people and say, Thank you for receiving me. I think thank you is such a deal breaker. Actually, the Bible says in Psalm 100 um, verse 4 in the message translations, it says, enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home, talking praise, thank him and worship him. Thanksgiving opens a door in your life. And when you start to pray, uh, the Bible says, we enter his courts with thanksgiving, and uh, we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. The way we enter into his presence is uh, how the door opens is by thanking him. And so I want to challenge you when you start your prayers, when you start to think about life, you need to start to thank God for what he's done. You need to go back and say, Lord, I thank you for your greatness. I thank you for your goodness. And so Paul is writing this, this in Ephesians 1, and he goes on and says, verse 17, that the Lord, 
God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit, a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. We need to know who God is. And that's a revelation. When we enter into His presence, when we stand in the midst of challenges and problems, we need to know who our God is. And you need to trust God. And that's part of the prayer. Say, Lord, help me to see who you are. Many times we are overwhelmed by the problems we are facing. I know the oil price has dropped. I know you are facing a lot of laydowns. A lot of people lost their jobs. I mean, it's disaster after disaster. A few years ago, it was the oil spill, the hurricanes coming in, in and before and after that. And then you had... You had the, the economic meltdown, and then you had, now you have the, the oil, oil price dropping. But don't you know that if you know who God is, He can sustain you in the midst of this? Our president, God bless his soul, is super corrupt. Uh, I mean, he's got six wives and 10 million children. Not, not maybe 10 million, but close to that. Um, six wives, officially. Uh, unofficially, I don't know how many. Um, they, they, they pack a whole plane when they fly with the family. And so he decided last year, December, um, to fire our Minister of Finance, which is a, like a Secretary of Finance. And he fired him, replaced him with one of his corrupt friends, and our currency lost four units against the dollar in one day. We lost over $300 billion in one day. Wiped out of our economy. So after three days, he appointed another guy who's not corrupt. Economy started to recover. When I had to pay, my one son is studying online homeschool in America, Shamoray. When I had to pay for his fees in January, it just, I mean, I had to forgive our president all over. Because it's just the amount of money was double what I paid last year. And so I can feel it. I feel this thing. You know, It's not like I don't feel it. I feel it. But that's why I need to have a God revelation. I need to understand who God is. I need to have a revelation and knowledge, the spirit of wisdom of Lord in the midst of my trouble. I want you to see you. And Paul goes on and he goes to a a piece of scripture and he says, verse 18, he says, Having the eyes of your heart enlightened. We need to open the eyes of our heart. And so, when we have this moment of where hearts, eyes are open, here's what I want you to, to hear and understand what I did. In the times of the Hebrew understanding, which Paul was, a Jew, Hebrew, is they understood that a man is spirit, soul, and body. Maybe this is new for you because you, you're new in Christianity, but, but they understood that you're made of three parts, a spirit, a soul, and a body. So you're placed in the earth suit, you, your spirit man is the one that connects with God, and your emotions, your will, and your thoughts are your soul. And, but the one common factor in, in all of these three parts of you is that you have a heart. You need a physical heart. Your physical heart is your machine that keeps you alive. When you give your life to Jesus, we say, give your heart to Him, and you receive a new heart. 
when you fall in love or you get excited about something happening, you lose your heart or you get emotional in your heart. So your heart is the common factor in all three. And, and the understanding in the Hebrew culture was that, that if you don't have a God revelation, your heart is blinded. And you need to ask God to open the eyes of our heart. We sing that song, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. So, so they have a belief that your heart can actually see. And so then Paul comes in and he prays three things, which I'm going to give to you today as a key. Three things over people's lives that, that when your eyes of your heart are enlightened, when you say thank you and you have a revelation of who he is, there comes the following. You need to have an understanding on the following three areas. And let me give it to you. The first one is, he says, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. There's a hope of your calling. God has given each one of you a God dream, a God purpose. That's why this step three that you can have later this afternoon, and there's free lunch, child care. You can just stay on. You don't have to cook, go to Popeye's, do anything. You just stay on and discover your purpose. What a great opportunity for you to discover why are you here on earth. One of the most important questions to understand, Lord, what do you want to do in and through my life? And I think many of you have lost the ability to dream, lost the ability to see, lost the ability to hope, lost the ability to have a joyful expectation. Maybe because there was things happening in your life that was disappointments. And I so loved what Ms. Tracy said earlier. I just said, you might have made mistakes, but you are not a mistake. You might have had some failures, but you are not a failure. God has made you amazing, wonderful. Um, Psalm 139, David writes, How wonderfully are your thoughts over me. It's like the sands of the sea. You know, you understand is when you go to the sea, you see the sand there. You know, every, every thought that God has over you, over you is wonderfully and fearfully made. So even if you made mistakes, there's enough thoughts and ideas that God has for your life that if you allow Him to release it over your life, in the midst of a failure... God can make a wonderful, beautiful life. And so God wants to do it. But you need to start to pray. Imagine husband and wife. You start to pray. Lord, help my wife or help my husband to know why they are here on earth. What is that calling that you placed in their lives? That's the first area. And then it goes on. It says, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? You know, he used the word, your inheritance. To have an inheritance, it means that somebody needed to die. You understand that? I mean, you can't have an inheritance of somebody being alive. And so, to inherit something, somebody needed to die. But there was somebody who died. Jesus Christ died. It was placed in the right hand of God. But... He left an inheritance for each one of you. So that God-given dream, that God-given purpose, that God-given calling, which is joyful, hopeful expectation, God wants to pay for it. He wants to release the resources that you need. Maybe you're 
on high school and you're graduating soon, or your children are graduating, you think, there's no way I can afford to study. If God gave you a dream, He will provide. If I have to think how God provided for my son, Julian, coming from Africa to study at, at a very good university in the U.S., it's not because I'm lucky or I'm rich. But it's because God had a plan for my son. And because he had a plan, he had an inheritance for him. I didn't have enough in my own resources to provide, but God provides every semester. And God will provide for that God-given dream. Maybe you have an idea about business. Maybe you have an idea about serving in an area. God has already provided. Amen? But now, many of us say, well, thank you, Willem. I know there's a God dream. I hear you about this inheritance. But I just feel like I cannot do it. I don't have enough, like we will say in South Africa, oomph. Go get to do it. And it says a little bit further, it says, verse 19, And what is the immeasurable greatness of His power towards us who believe, according to the working of His great might? According, number three, to the power of Christ. There's a power that God placed inside of you to empower you to fulfill that God-given dream, to release that God-given inheritance. And, and Paul actually explains this. What does this power mean? And I want to give it to you today. He, he explains, goes to the next sentence and says, the power that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. You see, many of us say, well, I hear you, but I don't know how I'm going to do it. Many of us are procrastinating. We are, what Proverbs says, if you wait for perfect conditions, nothing will get done. We wait that all our ducks are in a row. I know some, it might mean something different here when you can shoot all of them one in one row. <laughs> Pastor Baba will get sidetracked if I just said that. Um, it's like, Lord, have mercy. Let's close the service. Let's go and shoot something. Some of us are waiting for those perfect conditions and we have all the ticks in a place. Then we will move. No, no. God says, move and then I will show up. Amen. Start to act on what you believe. If you're going to wait, you're going to procrastinate. My flight is tomorrow night. I'm, I might say, I don't feel like flying. I don't feel like driving to the airport. Um, I'm not so sure if I'm ready for this. You know, if I'm not there, it's going to leave. I just need to show up. I need to do my actions. Sometimes we just need to show up for a God-given life. So you need to start to praise the Lord. Enlighten my heart so that I can see what's the power that's in work within you. You see, the very same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the power that's going to raise you and empower you. Let's, let's go back to this moment. So it says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, we sang about this morning, is at work within you. So it's just two weeks from now, it's Easter. Crucifixion. So here's Jesus on the cross, and he dies. 
He starts off and says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then later he says, it is finished. And for every natural purposes, he's dead. And we know that we have, according to the Bible, according to Scripture, we know that he goes to Hades, to hell. With those who, who did not choose God are with him. It's a place of torment. It's a place of shame. It's a place of pain. And so in this place of pain, torment, and shame, he gets all these things happening. Uh, I mean, the enemy is so happy. I finally got him. You know what? The enemy didn't know until the final moment if Jesus was the Son of God. Because there was great men that lived on earth. Elijah, John the Baptist. And he thought, I'm not so sure if he is the Christ. But when he saw the end, he said, I finally got him. It's over. So here's Jesus in a maximum facility. Nobody has escaped before. There's no escape route. There's nothing that you can do. It's a place of torment and it's a place of mocking. And so the enemy starts to mock him. So where's your power now? What can you do now? What are you able to do? And the Bible says he actually went down and had two words on his mouth. There's so many things that you can read about it. You can again go and read my book. He says... He knew death cannot hold me. Death could not hold me. And he was going down and had this thing. Death cannot hold me. You will not forsake me. You will not leave me. So with that word in his mouth, he came down and said, when the enemy was mocking him, death cannot hold me. You will not forsake me. You will not leave me. And so when he started to say it, the enemy mocked him. But people around him started to hear, what does he say? He says, death cannot hold me. He will not forsake me. He will not leave me alone. And so in this moment, people draw closer to him. In a place of torment, in a place of shame, he said, say it again. And the Bible says, uh, he preached... And let those who are in captivity to freedom. The word of God says it. And so to preach is different than speaking. It's actually the word for preaching means it's spirit word. It, it's a word that you release and release love. And so he was starting to preach to those led in captivity, those who are in captivity. Maybe Goliath got saved. Maybe some of the other guys got saved. Saul got saved. Maybe some of these. Terrible people that heard the word and heard about the freedom. It says, death cannot hold you. It cannot hold you down. He will not forsake you. He is a God of life. And as he started to preach that, the enemy said, just go. I don't want you here. Take the keys of Hades. Take the keys of hell. Just go. And what was impossible for Anybody to get out became a possibility. And the Word of God says that very same power is the power that God wants to release in you. Now you're standing before an impossibility, a situation that feels dead. You feel like overwhelmed. I don't know how I'm going to change this. And God says, I want you to have a revelation of who I am. Because that very same power, I'm going to move in and through your life. 
And so for us, this prayer has been a life journey for us. Every year, we at least once a year pray this over us as a family. So Les prays it over me, I pray it over her. And I have a testimony, a fresh testimony. Um, she, was, um, she was doing this in a connect group, a life group. And they were praying this prayer. And so Les just felt compelled when she had a God dream. That she really wants to care for people. Many times as a pastor, people come to us and they share their needs. And, and you feel like, oh, I just wish I had more money. I wish I could help in this area. And we were like overwhelmed. How are we going to do this? And Celeste even thought maybe she should get a second job. Maybe something she can do part-time, raise some support, raise some money so she can help people. And one of the life group members came um, and said, can we have an appointment? And we had a dinner together. And they, they said, you know, we have this dream. We want to help people, but we don't know how to do it. And the one thing that we do have is we have money. Money is not a problem. So we really want to just find a way of helping people. Can you help us? And so the husband of, this, of his wife, she was very shy. said, I don't know a lot of people. I, I really feel compelled. God called me to help people. The only thing I have is money. And the husband set up a trust fund of 400,000 U.S. dollars. And they asked Silly's to serve as chief advisor where they want to spend it. To help the widows, to help the orphans. So Celeste had a dream praying this thing. But she felt like, I don't have the ability. I, uh, how am I going to do this? But God provided somebody with the resources that now on our partnering, and through the two of them, they're going to see thousands of people's lives change. But it started off by a simple prayer. So just imagine when you can start off by this prayer, praying it over your life and say, Lord, I thank you for who you are. And Lord, I, th- I thank you that you reveal yourself to me. And Lord, open the eyes of my heart so that I know what's the hope of my calling, so that I will know what's my inheritance under the saints. And I thank you, Lord, that the very same power that raised you from the dead is in work at work within me. And then it goes on and says, that very same power gave him a name. And that name is not even a name that is on this earth, but the one to come. And that name has been given to you as a strong tower. That name has been given to you as a weapon. And the enemy fears that name. When you name the name of Jesus, because that name has caused the gates of hell not to contain him. And whatever you're facing right now, when you use the name of of Jesus over that circumstances, it has to bow before the living God. It has to submit before the living God. There's not just a powerless name. It's just a nice, sweet name. It's a powerful, powerful name. And that name has been given to you. So if you are called a Christian, it means you are a Christ follower. It means you are made of the God kind. You're not made of mankind. You change to a new dispensation. So when you start to pray this over your life, you will see things happening. I want to close in prayer. And then I'm going to give it over to Miss Tracy. But I'm going to trust God today as I pray over you. That the eyes of your heart will be enlightened. I realize that so many of us have had this moment where we have been blinded by the enemy. 
by the impossibilities, by the hard things. And we became slaves of these things. But God wants to bring freedom today in your lives. So how many of you who had pain when I started preaching can test T-E-S-T, test your pain now? And I've seen a change. Just if, you, if it's you, just raise your hand. Beginning of the sermon, you had pain a certain amount. Is it lower? Lower? I just know, I just know because I carry, not because I'm special, but just carry his name. And his name, when I'm going to pray over you, I'm just going to name his name over you. Because I understand there's a power in his name. What is impossible for men is possible for God. So let's, let's just pray over each one of you right now. And then in a moment after, uh, after this, um, I, I want, if you need some prayer, we will pray for you and agree that God will just show up in your lives. Lord, we thank you right now for your grace and your peace. Lord, I pray and I thank you for who you are. And I pray right now, Lord, that you will show each one of these beautiful, wonderful people you will show them who you are. Lord, that you will enlighten the eyes of their hearts so they will know what's their calling, what's their inheritance under the saints, and what is the very same power that raised you from the dead that's in work within them. Lord, they will discover that in Jesus' name.